It's time for Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright. Have you ever wondered if there's more to life than you're currently living? Then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Every week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. Guests will come from many different backgrounds, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. Every show is a dose of inspiration. This is Success Profiles Radio. And now, here's your host, Brian K. Wright. Hello and welcome to Success Profiles Radio. I'm your host, Brian K. Wright, and it's an absolute pleasure to be with you here today. I'm honored that you chose to spend part of your day with me here, and this is going to be a fantastic and amazing show. I'll be introducing my guest shortly, and I promise we're going to have a lot of fun. It's going to be terrific, and I do want to take just a minute or two to share some things I've been learning and thinking about lately, and I generally do this every single week. If you've listened to this show for any length of time, you know that Brian Tracy is one of my favorite authors. One of the things he says that I think about once in a while is simply this, you have more talent and ability than you could ever use in an entire lifetime. If you think about that, it's a pretty big idea. Now, what causes us to doubt this? Perhaps we don't fully believe in ourselves. Maybe we are surrounded with people whose goals and aspirations are a lot lower than our own. Or maybe, just maybe, no one has ever said this to you before. You have more talent and ability than you could ever use in your entire lifetime. Ask yourself this week how you can use your talents to make a difference in someone else's life. You will be glad you did, I promise. And if you've not picked up my latest book, it's called The Greatest Lessons I Learned from Being an Entrepreneur, Volume 3. It's on Amazon. And I would be honored if you would pick that up and even leave a review. That would mean a lot to me. My very special guest this week is Shea Hillebrand. Let me tell you about him. He's a former Major League Baseball player, and he played seven seasons and was a two-time All-Star. After leaving baseball, he became a successful keynote speaker, realtor, and founder of the Against All Odds Foundation. His goal is to positively impact people to live in the best versions of themselves and achieve a game-changing level of success. So we could probably go on and on, but I'll just leave it right there, and let's get going. My guest is Shea Hillebrand. Shea, how are you? Welcome to the show. I'm doing so awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to have you here too. It's been a while coming. I saw you speak at Brandon Adams event in Phoenix probably about three years ago. And on that day, after hearing you speak, I said to myself, I want him on my show someday. And here we are. So my first question is, did you envision early in your life that you would be where you are right now? Not even close. Uh, I was in the back of Mr. Murphy's class in fifth grade, and we had Dream Big Day in Mr. Murphy's class in fifth grade, and and I was vigorously raising my hand in the back of the class, and and I'm like, pick me, pick me, and and, and he said, okay, Shay, what do you want to do? And I said, I'm going to play Major League Baseball, and I'm going to own a zoo, and all my classmates laughed at me, and at that point in time, I made a pact with myself. I made a pact with myself that day in fifth grade saying, I'm going to prove everybody wrong. So I went on the journey and I put that vision in my head and I pursued that dream of playing major league baseball. And I did that. And not only that, but as a two-time all-star. And, and uh, after that, I you know quickly lived out my second childhood dream of owning a zoo. So uh, I'm one of those kids that did that. That is absolutely fantastic. And I will definitely ask you more about owning a zoo a little bit later in the show, because I, I just love that. That is so fascinating to me. Did you have people around you that told you, no, you can't? All the time. And that's a great question because people are always doubting you. People are always putting their self-limited beliefs on you and how you perceive the world, the perspective, the lens you look through, um, Mm -hmm. that's all you have. And Mm -hmm. so many people are limited with 
that perspective of how they view the world because of experiences that they've been through in their life. That's fantastic. So what lessons did you learn in sports early on that have served you later on today? Tenacity, never giving up, uh, playing baseball as a, as a hitter, um, playing major league baseball, you fail seven out of 10 times. Uh, matter of fact, for the Arizona Diamondbacks, I, I hit 310 and I had 580 plate appearances. And that means if you do the math over a six month span, I failed 400 times out of 580 in front of the world, telling mm. you that you suck, telling you that you're no good. So being able to navigate that, perform under pressure, uh, being able to pivot and, and understand team environments. And, and most importantly, like I said, just getting up every single day and not giving up regardless of what curveball life has to throw at you. That is fascinating because in baseball, if you hit 300, you're one of the most successful and highly paid people in your industry. Not many industries where you can fail 70% of the time and be a multimillionaire, huh? Uh, yeah, exactly. I don't see that happening in the corporate space or the business space, entrepreneur space, any of that. Any of that. And, uh, and that's what I do now. I, I, mm -hmm. I'm able to help people um, understand how to uh, – this is a question I get thrown at me all the time. How do you have success when you're consistently failing? And that's the question that I answer with my keynote speeches, with my coaching, with my uh, consulting, all that stuff is being able to integrate those uh, those intangibles that I pretty much mastered at the highest level playing Major League Baseball, um, helping one percenters being able to tap into and be able to give more of what they have uh, in the space that they're in. Fantastic. And I would imagine a huge part of this process is visualization. You have to picture yourself hitting that ball, right? hundred percent. That's a great question as well. I imagine myself uh, at nine years old, 10 years old, 11 years old uh, at the top deck of Dodger Stadium where I grew up in Southern California. And I would envision myself playing Major League Baseball on that field someday. And this is the kicker right here. You don't know what you haven't been able to see. And so many people out there haven't been able to see a future of what's possible and the ability to go out there and achieve a dream or aspiration or vision or goal uh, because they haven't seen it so i'd sit at the top deck at, at you know 9 10 11 12 years old and i'd engage my senses the intangibles uh all the things my smell my sight my vision uh the feel of the roar of the crowd and always imagine vince scully calling my name calling mm -hmm. my bat uh so so it's one of those things to where you do have to visualize because that's the number one tool we have in our tool belt as a human being wow so did vince scully ever get to call any of your games he did. And the very first game I played, I have a video of it. I was with the Red Sox and we played interleague and I went four for four with two home runs, a double and a single. And I was able to have Vince Scully call my at bats. And that just even listening to it today, it just makes my skin just, just my soul light on fire. The goosebumps radiate throughout my whole soul because mm -hmm. like, oh my gosh, I did this. Like yeah. it, it happened. Yeah. You know, when I'm feeling down, I go to some of the testimonials and reviews that people have given for my show and I listen to them and I realize if they think I'm amazing, then it must be true. Do you ever do that reflecting back on your baseball career and hearing someone like Vince Scully call your four for four game? Do you use that as an anchor to just reorient yourself back to re reality? Yeah, uh, I understand people do that. I don't do that myself. I put okay. the work in every single day. I do the yeah. things that I need to do on a daily basis. And and be and let, let me let me tell you why. 
Yeah. Because being a professional athlete, especially a major league baseball player, when you play every single day, one day you're up, one day you're down, one day mm -hmm. you're great, one day you suck, one day you're awesome, one day you're uh, an explicitive. So it's like you can't live and die on what other people think of you. So you have right. to really figure out how you function and how you operate and not try to get approval from other people. And I think that's what yeah. a lot of us do is we try to get approval from other people to see uh, the acceptance and not, not to experience failure or someone else's opinion of us. So um, I never really did that because I just put in so much work. Just imagine like a Kobe Bryant, a cleaner mindset with Tim Grover, his trainer, or a, a Michael Jordan or a Dwayne Wade. I just went out there and I just put in an exuberant amount of work mm -hmm. and tenacity and determination and dedication. And it's applied myself to master those skill sets, to master the opportunities that I had in front of myself. Because so many people wait for an opportunity to happen and are seeking approval from other people. And that's natural. I understand yeah. that. People, right. we go through that. But what happens is we have to prepare for that opportunity. You can never control the outcome of a situation. Mm -hmm. You can Absolutely. influence by how you prepare and how you present yourself in that situation. And mm -hmm. that's what I did is I, I was always prepared and I always worked harder than my comrades or my teammates or my competition, or like I, or, or at least I like to think that. And then whenever I had an opportunity, I was able to leverage that opportunity. I, I love that. So who were some of your baseball heroes? None, no one. <laughs> I didn't look up at anybody. It's just so crazy mm. because I didn't have mentors. I didn't have coaches. I didn't have anybody to look up to. I, I liked Steve Sachs, the second mm -hmm. baseman for the Dodgers. And I liked him because he was the underdog. He was mm -hmm. the guy that, that, that a lot of people didn't say he would do good. And he persevered and, and, and he rose above all that stuff that was portrayed uh, against mm -hmm. him. And, and he did that. But other than that, I, I didn't look up to anybody. I, I'm just a, an unusual person. <laughs> Absolutely. So as you are working your way up through the minor leagues, obviously everyone's goal is to get to the major leagues. Very few people, even in double a or even some lot, not a lot of triple a guys actually ever make it either. So when you finally made the big leagues for the first time, what was your first big league game? Like, what were you feeling and experiencing? It was unbelievable. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm here. Um, in, yeah. in, in 2001, I I'm, I just finished double a, and I'm going to spring training as a catcher for mm. the Red Sox uh, and hoping to be the starting catcher for the AAA team uh, mm -hmm. because that's the next stop along the road. Like that, that's not out of the norm. That's like that. If you're the starting catcher, like you're, you're, you're knocking on the door of the major leagues. So long story short, I did a couple things, right? So when I went to major league spring training, uh, I did one thing mostly, and I want your audience to understand this is that I behaved like a big leaguer. So mm -hmm. your behavior precedes your action, your ability, your emotions, and everything that you're experiencing. And, and I behaved like I belonged there. And I observed everybody else around me. I watched what guys that are making $30, $40 million. I watched those guys and saw what they were doing good. And I watched the guys around me that weren't doing so good. So what happened was I behaved like I belonged there. And long story short, last day of spring training, I made the team. And I was like, what? I cannot believe this. I made the major league team. And – uh, 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 and on top of that, I made the major league team as the starting third baseman. Wow. Like I just told you, I came to spring training as a catcher yeah. and I was a starting third baseman for the Boston Red Sox on opening day. And I had tears coming down my face and yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, during the national anthem, I was like, I'm here. But I also had some pain resonating inside my soul from the stories that I told myself my whole life, mm. similar to the stories that your listeners tell themselves currently right now. Absolutely. How do you overcome fear? Um, 
overcome fear. There's, there's, there's multiple types of fear. There's fear of success. There's fear of failure. And there's fear of other people's opinion of yourself. So being able to distinguish what you're fearful of um, is, is the most important thing. But, but a lot of us are, are, are not fearful of other people's opinion. We're afraid of our opinion of ourselves. So with myself, with fear in a certain situation, uh, whether it's performance, whether it's a business or whatever, it's just putting in the work. Absolutely. Just putting in the work regardless and moving every single day. Fantastic. We're coming up against our first break. My very special guest this week is Shea Hillebrand. He spent seven years in the major leagues. He was a two-time All-Star. We'll talk more about his baseball career, and we will talk about life after baseball because there's a lot of life after baseball. A professional athletes, time in the spotlight is short, and so you have to build a foundation for what happens after. We'll talk about all that when we come back. This is Success Profiles Radio. is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. It's Marching Do you ever get nervous riding in an elevator because you're afraid the cable might snap? It's entered my mind more than once. According to Elevator World magazine, on the rare occasion a cable breaks... The car won't hunge plunge to the bottom. This is because elevators have as many as 10 cables holding them up, each capable of supporting a fully loaded car. Sometimes I feel a little mischievous in elevators. Next time you're feeling like a rapscallion, try one of these little jokes. When there's only one other person in the elevator, tap them on the shoulder and then pretend it wasn't you. Push one of the buttons and pretend it gave you a shock. Or maybe start a sing-along. What's a word for a person who thinks he's funny, but no one else does? Zitzel soup. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Have you ever thought about writing a book? Surveys show that 81% of people wish they could, but many never do. If you're one of those people, I can tell you why. You don't think you have time, you may not know how, or you might not believe you are a good enough writer. When you're working with an experienced coach, these reasons go away because I will help you every step of the way. If you want to know more about how to write a nonfiction book, whether it's business, self-help, or how-to, reach out to me at www.briankwright.com for more information. Once again, that's briankwright.com. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. back this is success profiles radio my very special guest this week is shay hillebrand and if you have not downloaded and subscribed to success profiles radio on itunes apple podcast please do that leave a review that would mean a lot you can also ask alexa or siri to play success profiles radio you will get the most recent episode you can find it on uh, spotify you can find it on amazon you can find it everywhere and it's free how does it get better than that? So, Shay, let me ask you, because we're talking about your Major League Baseball time, and we'll talk about other things a little bit later in the show, but you got to be part of Randy Johnson's perfect game in 2004. Tell us what that was like. It was a pretty magical day. 
Yeah, absolutely. It was absolutely magical. And it's just, uh, you never know. And that's what's crazy is like what we were talking about before is that you got to show up every single day because you never know what's going to happen. We're in, the, we're in the middle of July. It's in Atlanta, which we deem uh, hot Atlanta because it's mm-hmm. humid as heck. We're mm-hmm. playing the Braves. Um, the, the, the Diamondbacks team that I'm on, it has 111 losses that mm-hmm. season. So we're way out of first place. The Atlanta, Atlanta Braves weren't doing much. And Randy Johnson's on the mound. And, and you, you know, you always enjoy Randy Johnson on the mound because you never know what's going to happen. So mm-hmm. I'm just playing first base, first batter of the game. Uh, bunts the ball to me and I was shocked because it's like nobody ever bunts off Randy Johnson because he is a bulldog he's a guy mm-hmm. that's like um, I'm going to put the ball in your ear hole uh, mm-hmm. metaphor metaphorically he doesn't do mm-hmm. it absolutely he doesn't do it you know physically but right. I'm going to put the ear hole if you make me try to cover third base first base or third base or come off the mound and, and feel the bunt or whatever so uh, the, the better bunts it to me and after I get shocked um, I, I, it's just a PFP. It's just pitchers fielding. It's like you would do it so much. And mm-hmm. I come over and I pick up the ground ball. And the next thing I'm going to do is I'm going to flip it to Randy Johnson. The pitcher's supposed to be covering first base. And the guy's out. No big deal. Like we do this time and time again. It's almost like second nature. You, your intuition takes over. So I pick up the ball and I look to throw it to first base. And Randy Johnson's not there. And I look to go over to the mound. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, he's still on the mound. He hasn't even moved. Because he's 42 years old and he's Randy Johnson and he's at mm-hmm. the tail end of his career. So mm-hmm. I made a decision right there. See, I could have made a decision as a veteran first baseman to be like, you know what? Uh, it's all right if the guy gets first base. Uh, he's safe at first. No big deal. Randy's going to strike out the next 19 guys probably but like he does every other game. And, right. and we're going to win the game. But something inside myself says give mass, max effort. Go yeah. over to first base and cover first base and get him out. So long story short. I took the second ladder part of the decision. I, I went over, busted myself to first base, and I tagged him out for the first out of the game. Barely got him out. Mm. Long story short, like you said, we didn't know what was going to transpire. And, you know, history was made. Randy Johnson threw a perfect game. Yeah. Is there – there's a lot of pressure on the pitcher as the game continues and you realize the gravity of what's happening. There's a lot of pressure on the pitcher, but there's a lot of pressure on you all out in the field because you don't want to be the one to mess it up, Right. Hundred percent. Stars need to align. Guys hit a lot of line drives right at outfielders. Alex Centron at shortstop came up with some beautiful plays, and I barely got him out at first base. But like you said, you do not want the ball hit to you later in the game because it's like I do not want to make an error, especially with Randy Johnson on the mound because you don't want to make him mad uh, as a teammate. And his his locker was actually next to mine in the clubhouse. So, um, well, as as the game goes on. Believe it or not, the only person that we were fearful of, of getting a hit to break up the perfect game, was Mike Hampton, the other pitcher. Mm-hmm. Everybody else didn't have a chance. But every time Mike Hampton came up, he seemed to have Randy Johnson's number, and he scored the ball up. And that's the last person you want to see break up with no hitter is a, or a perfect game is the pitcher. But right. uh, long story short, Randy Johnson got him out. We had a perfect game. Game was beautiful. He did the top 10 uh, of David Letterman the next day uh, uh, after the perfect game. But a lot of people don't know as well, when you do a perfect game or a part of that, the pitchers buy you a watch. So we all received a Rolex watch. (laughs) Wow. Wow. So toward the end of your career, you started experiencing some rocky times. What is your biggest rock bottom moment and how did you get out of it? Yeah, rocky times happen with people when you get disconnected. When you get disconnected with who you are, then 
trouble happens and you can't find fulfillment. Ego fills that gap the more success you have. And the one thing I figured out with ego is that you cannot find fulfillment or sustainable success. You can't reach your fullest potential. So in the prime of my career, I left baseball because I hated who I was. I hated baseball because of that pain I had inside myself from 14 years old when my dad walked into my room and said, we're moving from California to, to Arizona, just a defining moment. We all have defining moments. We all, we all have traumatic experiences in our lives and how we navigate those is going to dictate what we do in our future. So yeah. with myself, I didn't navigate that very well. I compartmentalized that because I told myself I wasn't good enough. My dad doesn't love me. I'm not lovable. And when you have, all of us have wounds. All of us have yeah. wounds in our souls. And when you get a wound in your soul, you come disconnected, become disconnected. Um, you have inflammation of your soul like we do a muscle or, or a ligament mm -hmm. or a tendon when you yeah. injure that. We all have that with our soul. So yeah. what I discovered through the process is that when you get disconnected, you don't feel seen. Mm -hmm. So when you don't feel seen, you can't see the blessings in front of your face or the yeah. opportunities or the, 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 the doors that are open. And then you start to ask the wrong questions. And I ingrained yeah. this vision. I ingrained this principle when I visited uh, New Orleans Bourbon Street with my wife a month ago. Mm -hmm. uh, the same happens with people that live on the streets. The same happens with people that go into the Ritz-Carlton. The same happens to your listeners right now. And the same happens to yourself and myself. So with me... I left in the prime of my career of Major League Baseball because my soul was wounded and I didn't feel seen. And your wow. listeners are probably like, how do you not feel seen when you're on top of the world? Because people did not want to get to know me for who I was. All they mm. wanted to get to know me is for what I did. So believe mm. it or not, in a high-profile situation, a lot of us don't feel seen. Yeah. And when you don't feel seen, you have pain. And when you have pain, you run numb and flee from that pain, and you just get down this road of nothingness, and you become very, very disconnected. Yeah. So that, I didn't feel seen. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say that leads me actually to my next question. A lot of people tend to derive a lot of their self-esteem around what they do for a living. So how can you find value in who you are instead of what you do? Because a lot of people see you for what you do, but not for who you are, like I just said. 100%. And so many of us go through this and so many of us men especially go through this stuff because a lot of us live a, a life of quiet desperation. And a lot of us have a story, a story that we tell ourselves every single day. And we say it so much to ourselves, it goes mm -hmm. on autopilot at a subconscious system a level. So we don't really, we're not aware of it. So it's being aware of where you are. We have to create momentum in our lives. And mm -hmm. the way you create momentum in your lives is by stacking those little wins on top of each other and doing the things on a daily basis to put yourself in a position to understand that what you need to do to be connected with the source, to be connected with yourself. The reason why I was so successful at baseball is because I was connected with the moment. And so many of us get connected with the moment in our profession, but we disconnect from ourselves and we disconnect from our interpersonal relationships to close people around us and that suffers in our life. So you really can't find fulfillment through that process because you lose yourself yeah. in that journey. So being connected is the biggest thing, is being reconnected. Rewrite that story, rewrite that script. Understand those stories that you're telling yourself every single day from experiences in your life that led you to where you are. And when yeah. you rewrite those stories, when you rewrite that script, when you get reconnected, you start to be aware of the conversations, leveraging that language to control the narrative. So basically what we're trying to do is create momentum in our life to leverage that language so we can control the narrative, the narrative in our personal life and the narrative in our professional life. Absolutely. And I think for all of us, but especially when you become more well-known, you have to be very, very careful about what you share and who you share it with. So how do you know who to tell your dreams to? 
Um, I didn't care, man. <laughs> I know you're gonna get a different <laughs> story, a different answer from 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 anybody. I I just I. I'm so dialed in. I'm so focused. And I, and I say that respectfully. I don't try to boast. I don't try to be like, oh, look at me, this and that. I mm-hmm. just uh, sometimes I feel like I'm cut from a different cloth to where I don't fit in or whatever. But, mm-hmm. but it's one of those things where it's just like my dream is my dream and my vision is my vision. You're not going to derail me and I'm going to do yeah. everything I can to get to where we need to go as long as I stay connected with the source, as long as I stay connected with myself, as long as I tap into a deeper version of myself. And this is where I discovered this. I thought I was going to ride off on the sunset with my millions and tens of millions of dollars and, and build a house and, and and live on my zoo and, and do all that stuff and not have to talk to anybody because I didn't want to talk to anybody because I hated who I was, but you know, Different yeah. plans were my cards. <laughs> Absolutely. So how do you deal with critics and haters? As a pro athlete, you probably encountered your fair share of that. Work, 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 work. Don't allow that to be able to to infiltrate your belief system, what you believe to be true about yourself. Because the most powerful force in human nature is for us to stay aligned, for us to stay congruent to what we believe to be true about ourselves. What do you believe to be true about yourself? That's what we need to do. That's what we need to audit. And that's the, what we believe about ourselves derived from our, our stories and derived from our perspective of what we, how we view the world and derived from our experience in our life. You could tell me I suck all you want. I know I don't because I put the work in. When you mm-hmm. put the work in every single day, it doesn't matter what other people say, whether yeah. it's good or whether it's bad. And we can't write off what other people say. So to be able to combat those haters, to be able to combat the people in Yankee Stadium telling you that you suck or, or waking you up in the middle of the night or whatever at the hotel or whatever at the restaurant or whatever on social media, you just stay true to who you are and stay connected yep. to the source and do the work on a daily basis. That's how you navigate the perils of life, not hitting in Yankee Stadium. But for your listeners, that's how we navigate life because life's going to throw problems at us. Problems are a sign of life. We're going to have problems and so many of us don't want problems, but that's going to happen. Absolutely. We've got two minutes to our next break. You talked earlier in the show about how when you were in fifth grade, you had two goals, play major league baseball, own a zoo. Now you're done with your career. You bought a zoo. Tell us a little bit about that. So awesome. I bought a five acre, a $5 million horse farm. It was 38 acres and it had camels, kangaroos, llamas, alpacas, monkeys, raccoons. I had two 800 pound wheel sharp pigs. Those are the pigs that you slaughter to eat. Their name were Taco Bell and Gilbert. I had a CNI <laughs> pony for a blind horse. I had a three legged goat named Trace and I had a Holstein cow. A Holstein cow is a black and white cow that you milk. Mm-hmm. His name was Biggie Smalls. He was six foot tall. And I had a, a mini donkey. His name was Tupac. So we had to separate them at night because they'd have coast-to-coast wars in the petting zoo, but I had a vision. See, what happens is everything starts with the vision. You have to hold your vision and your dream close to your heart, and you have to go out there and work diligently day in and day out to pursue that. But through that process, man, I my animals – Witnessing them transform thousands of children's lives in my community through my nonprofit foundation against all odds was completely priceless. It was amazing. I'm bound to find fulfillment now, but I couldn't because that story and the pain and the disconnect and not being seen and not seeing the blessings or the opportunities and asking the wrong questions. And let me do my demise. Absolutely. We're coming up against our next break. My very special guest this week is Shea Hillebrand. We talked about his baseball career. We're going to talk more about life after baseball, and there's a lot of that. So we will come right back after the break. Please stay tuned. Do not go away. We are with Shea Hillebrand, and we'll be right back. This is Success 
Profiles Radio. The mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. Have you ever thought about writing a book? Surveys show that 81% of people wish they could, but many never do. If you're one of those people, I can tell you why. You don't think you have time, you may not know how, or you might not believe you are a good enough writer. When you're working with an experienced coach, these reasons go away because I will help you every step of the way. If you want to know more about how to write a nonfiction book, whether it's business, self-help, or how-to, reach out to me at www.briankwright.com for more information. Once again, that's briankwright.com. If you are in business, what is the number one thing that stops revenue growth? Not having enough leads. Data is the new gold rush. With phone sites, that is never an issue. You can generate as many leads as you want without paying a lead broker. With phone sites, you can build a website or sales funnel from your mobile device in five minutes or less without any technical skills or without downloading an app. It's easy and you have nothing to lose. Try it for free for 14 days at phonesites.com forward slash Brian. Once again, that's phonesites.com forward slash Brian. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we are back. We are with Shay Hillebrand. This is Success Profiles Radio. We got done talking about his Major League Baseball career. And now we're talking very briefly about how he bought a zoo. And I would imagine that being around animals all the time can be a really therapeutic experience. Did people think you were crazy for doing this? Well, when you have 300 farm and exotic animals, I think you are kind of crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Regardless <laughs> of where you are. And it, and it was my private collection. And, yeah. and like I said, I just had a vision to be able to rescue and rehabilitate these animals with unconditional love. I'd have sheep and lambs and I'd have man, goats and emus and babies and donkeys and go- like everything in my bathroom is in my house. And like I was Steve Irwin, the crocodile hunter. I love the animals so much more because what they did, what I witnessed them doing uh, to these children and people in the community was just life altering. The energy, the unconditional love, the, the, the respect and the connection was just unparalleled. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. Was this simply a passion project or was this a a, a part of your business after baseball? Well, it was a very, very, very bad business because I lost a lot of money doing it, but it was a Mm. dream in fifth grade. So uh, my ego and my insecurities and my low self-esteem and low self-worth, not being able to trust other people, I I, I couldn't, I couldn't ask for help. Well, why would I ask for help when I had tens of millions of dollars? You know what I mean? So um, a lot of us that are very successful hide behind that veil and and it's a very toxic place and it's a very uh, damaging place and there's a lot of pain involved and, and there was a lot of lives transformed at that zoo at my farm but uh, i was unsuccessful at transforming my life yeah i certainly understand that now lots of pro athletes make insane amounts of money but not everyone's very wise about it you said that you lost money with your zoo but i do want to ask 
do you have a healthy relationship with money? How do you do, how do you build that? Because that's something that a lot of people seem to lack. Yeah. When you, when you get to the top, yes, it's, it's so nice to be financially free. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's a goal, but, but mm-hmm. when you have a lot of money, a lot of people realize, don't realize that a lot of money doesn't solve your problems. A lot of money doesn't make you happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're not straight on the inside, long story short, entrepreneurship is self-development with an amazing upside. Right. So I was an entrepreneur playing Major League Baseball, doing something because I had an abnormal uh, value that I added to the the marketplace. Right. As a Major League Baseball player, I was able to do something that very, very few people could do. But I made a tremendous amount of money doing that. So I didn't understand the self-development side because all I had to do is focus on the performer, not the person. So yeah. there's two people. There's the performer in your profession. There's a person behind the scenes that you have to deal with that drives or limits that performance. So uh, entrepreneurship is a self-development space with a great upside. So uh, now with money, I mean, money really doesn't have any value to me. My value is not money. My value is in trying to impact as many people's lives as possible and doing it with purity of my heart. See, my heart was hardened when I played Major League Baseball because the wounds, because the stories, because uh, not being able to trust and do all these things that I had to go through as a person, not a performer. So um, now I, it just, it is what it is. I, I it's, it's fun to have, but most yeah. importantly, it's, it's a tool and a vehicle for myself to be able to go maneuver and try to impact as many people's lives as possible. Cause and, and mind you, Brian, like this is a guy you're talking to a person. I lived my childhood dreams. Very, very few right. people get to do that. Right. But as somebody that lived my childhood dreams, I just want to try to convey a message that's similar that you see resonating around the world with people that have had success. Um, if you don't know who you are before you go into what you're doing, you'll lose yourself and attach yourself and your identity to what you do. And that's a very bad place to operate from. Absolutely. So how important is it to stack wins to build confidence? It's huge. It's momentum. Life's about momentum, guys. Uh, you have to get into momentum. It's a, it's a, it's a principle. This is a, a undeniable truth. And so many of us don't understand that life is about momentum. And the way you get into momentum is by spa- stacking little wins. So myself, being a very successful Major League Baseball player, I didn't just wake up and hit home runs in Yankee Stadium. I mastered hitting off the batter's tee. So, so many people try to go out there and they try to hit home runs and think they're a home run hitter, but they're not. You got to master hitting off the batter's tee by stacking the little wins. What's that in your personal life? What's that in your interpersonal relationships? What's that in your profession that you stack little wins on every single day? It's invisible progress. You have to go with invisible progress every single day, pounding it, pounding it and pounding it every day and not giving up and you will have progression. You see this in relationships. My wife's from my uh, anniversary was uh, three days ago, seven years. And I'm like, how did I get here seven years ago? I was broken. I was, I was homeless. I was fat. I was, Mm -hmm. I had nothing bald, anything like nothing in my life. And and just every single day stacking those little wins to get the momentum, that momentum in your life. And when you get that, you will get, rewarded. Absolutely. And the words we say to ourselves are absolutely critical. So how did you learn healthy self-talk? See, I didn't understand self-talk. I didn't understand that stuff because I just beat myself up every single day because I didn't feel worthy. I didn't feel uh, accepted. And so many of us have that disconnect. So many of us have that unworthiness inside ourselves. And so many of us have it un that we never addressed it. And when you don't address that unworthiness inside yourself, you become disconnected. When you become disconnected, you feel pain and you don't feel seen and you don't see the blessings and you don't 
ask the right questions. So it all comes back to asking the right questions because our brain is a question answering machine. So I'd be cracking home runs and saying, you suck and you're not good enough or whatever. So I had to audit that. I had to stand on guard of that. I'm like, why do I feel like crap? Why do I feel like garbage every single day? Like my, my outlook, my perspective on life with millions of dollars in the bank with flying private jets, living up my dream. Like, like it's negative. I feel like garbage. What is this? And I didn't realize the most important conversation you'll ever have in your life is the conversation you have with yourself. Yeah. So I had to look in the mirror and say, what are you saying to yourself? What are you doing? And it was really negative because what I realized through my experience is that conversation you have with yourself is the foundation of who you are. And it drives that wedge between you and yourself. It gets you disconnected or it could connect you. It allows you to propel you towards your dream or your vision, or it will limit you. And for so many of us, it limits us because we don't think too highly of ourselves. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, let me ask you this. And this is one of my favorite questions. How important is gratitude to you? Gratitude's important. Gratitude is important every single day, um, doing it in the morning. Uh, for, for me, more so when you're saying gratitude, because you know, when, you, when you're in a grateful state, a state of gratitude, fear, anxiety, anger, all those other limiting beliefs and, and, and emotions and the state of being that limit you, it's, it's physically impossible to be present. So with gratitude, so many of us are too generalized with our gratitude. Your gratitude practice or your gratitude needs to be specific. Like, what are you grateful for? Like, like, I'm grateful for my son to be able to be with me right now and being able to do good with his class because he's putting the work in with his science project. Like, like what's that specific? We got to get specific because our mind has the RES, right? The reticular activating system. When you're specific with your gratitude, when you're specific with your focus, this is exactly how I was able to crack home runs in Yankee Stadium in front of 40,000 people on ESPN telling me I mm -hmm. suck. Mm -hmm. So the spe specificity I use with the focus on the field to master the skill sets and perform, I use that in gratitude. But most yeah. importantly with gratitude, I, I, for me, myself personally, and it might be relevant to your audience, is I'm more specific with celebrating my wins. I never celebrated my wins. I was never able to allow myself to relish in the moment because I figured if I did that, I will not continue on the journey of having success or sustaining the level that I'm at. So now I'm more so celebrating the wins after i get off this radio interview right now i'm mm -hmm. going to celebrate it because i'm Good. grateful for the opportunity that you gave me and i'm grateful to be able to share my message and i'm grateful that i stood up and was able to give everything i have during yeah. this interview to be able to maybe reach one person out there before yeah. i just go on to the next thing on to the next right. thing on to the next thing and when you have someone who's successful or driven or someone who's you know reaching the top it's, it's we have a tendency not to be able to celebrate those wins and be grateful in the moment to receive that dopamine release it's not delayed absolutely how important is your faith to you faith is everything yes. faith is everything there is a higher power and and i'm not here to preach or give a sermon or or, or give my faith on anybody but faith is everything i tried to do it on my own brother and mm -hmm. i failed miserably Matter of fact, nine years ago, I was on the floor of a van, overdosed on drugs and alcohol. I was one breath away from losing my life after I did, after I lived my childhood dreams because I tried to do it on my own and I mm. didn't feel seen. With my faith, I know I'm seen. With my faith, I know I have a purpose. With my faith, I know I have a, a voice and a power and gifts and talents to give the world. And once I understand that I am seen, then I can see clearer 
the opportunities and the blessings in front of my face. And now I'm asking empowering questions, that self-talk, to put myself in a position to be defining my own lane, to go out there and impact the world with my dream and my vision and my purpose. Fantastic. So you get a lot done. Let me ask you what some of your favorite productivity tips are. Um, having clarity with me, uh, with a lot of high performers, with a lot of people, they try to say ADHD, OCD, all that stuff, LMNOP, whatever it might be. Um, I've never been to the doctor. I've never been tested. I've never been on medication. It's one of those things to where I need to stay focused or I'm like a visionary. I'm like, oh, I could do this and do this and do this and do this and do this. I'm easily distracted. So what I do is I, I, I try to tell people like, like in the morning is the most important part of the day, right? So it's like, why is that the most important part of the day? Because the th- first 30 minutes to set yourself up to play offense for the day rather than defense so i use the mel robbins technique when i i don't use an alarm clock because i have an internal alarm clock so 5 a.m i i I just i wake up and i open my eyes and i'm laying in bed and and i say five four three two one get up Five, four, three, two, one, get up. Let's go. No option. No, nothing. I'm taking control of my mind right away. As I'm walking to the, the restroom, uh, I, I use the restroom. And after that, I go get dressed. And after that, I go get water. And after that, I do breathing exercises. After that, like I'm already planned out because the uncluttered mind is systematic. Everybody's routine is different. Everybody's Absolutely. wired differently. My wife does the opposite routine of me because my wife is wired differently than me. Mm-hmm. So most importantly, it's not about the, the the efficiency, their productivity. It's understanding who you are and how you function. How Fantastic. do you know what you want if you don't know who you are? Fantastic. We have less than two minutes to our final break. Uh, here's a question I really like to ask a lot of people. How do you decide what to say yes or no to? Oh, say no to everything. The more you know about yourself... The more you know about what's going on, if it doesn't fit in with what you're doing, please say no. Say no. I'm the most gracious guy. And it's funny that you say, I say that, right? Because you asked me today to come on. And I was like, yes. <laughs> but yeah. the thing is, is that uh, if it doesn't align with your vision, if it doesn't align with your purpose, if it doesn't align with what you're trying to build, say no. And it doesn't matter. And that's, yeah. that, that's what every successful person will say. And it's hard. It's hard to say no. But once you mm-hmm. understand who you are, you understand what your values are, you understand what your principles are, you understand what you stand for, it's a lot easier to say no. You have to be able to say no and own that and know that if it's not aligned with what you're doing, it's a distraction. Absolutely. And a lot of the most successful people that I've talked to validate the answer that you just gave us. Uh, once you reach a certain point, you just have to start saying no, because everyone wants you to say yes. Everyone wants a piece of you. They want your time. They want your resources. They want your connections. And you just have to figure out who really is aligned with you and just say no. And and sometimes the people I talk to make you prove it by making you ask more than once to see how serious they actually are. So I appreciate that answer. We are coming back after this very last break. I can't believe how quickly this is going. We are with Shay Hellebrand. This is Success Profiles Radio. Please stay with us. Don't go away. We will be right back on the other side and down the stretch we come. We'll be right back. is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. If you are in business, what is the number one thing that stops revenue growth? Not having enough leads. Data is the new gold rush. 
With phone sites, that is never an issue. You can generate as many leads as you want without paying a lead broker. With phone sites, you can build a website or sales funnel from your mobile device in five minutes or less without any technical skills or without downloading an app. It's easy and you have nothing to lose. Try it for free for 14 days at phonesites.com forward slash Brian. Once again, that's phonesites.com forward slash Brian. Always look forward to enjoying the traditional holiday festive foods or kickshaws that we all love to nosh on this time of year. Many of these holiday treats have a very interesting history. The original candy cane saw its beginning over 350 years ago as a totally straight, all-white stick. In 1670, a choir master at a German cathedral began bending the candy sticks to represent a shepherd's staff. And eventually, red dye was added to make the candy Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. We're back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Shea Hillenbrand. He played Major League Baseball for seven years. He's a two-time All-Star. He owned a zoo, and now he is a professional speaker. So tell us how you got started doing that, and what do you like to talk about? <laughs> That's funny that you asked that, because I have no clue how I became a keynote speaker. I love speaking on stages. One thing is very difficult when you're a professional athlete, uh, especially a Major League Baseball player, is to replace the feeling of suiting up in the clubhouse with your uniform and walking down the tunnel to the dugout, knowing that you're going to war. And we would do that every single night. So that adrenaline rush, that dopamine dump, all that stuff that you get getting ready. And then also when you're on, on the on-deck circle and the PA announcer resonates to the whole stadium, now batting number 29, Shea Hillenbrand, and you're walking the home plate, like that feeling, there's no feeling really that you can replace that with. So it's very difficult when you integrate after baseball into the real world uh, to find that. But I found that by speaking on stage. I found that by speaking on podcasts and speaking uh, in, in keynote arenas around the world. And, and I just love doing that. And it's funny because I talk to my mom every single day and, and I said, I have two older brothers. And I said, mom, do you think that, but what are your thoughts of, of thinking that I would be the one out of your three sons to do what I do now? She's like, I would never have guessed it ever because you never said a word when you were a kid. You were in your own world. You never talked to anybody. So I just love doing it. And what I do yeah. is I share my story. You know, you, sharing stories is very are very powerful. Not many yeah. people can relate to me having a major success on top of the world, but you can relate to the challenges, the pits, the, the downfalls, all those stuff in life, and then being able to give tips and techniques and the intangibles that I've mastered in the major league baseball field. I'm doing it in my personal life now. And I'm just sharing that with people around the world when I, when I, when I keynote speak. Yeah, that's absolutely fantastic. So major league baseball has the acronym MLB and you've adapted that acronym for your own purposes to structure your message. So tell us what the MLB mindset is. Yeah, that's, it's funny because I, I, I didn't realize I could even do that. One day I just sat down and, and it was actually during COVID and I was like, man, I have to help major league baseball players. Like I have to help my brothers because, you know, believe it or not, we go through stuff. A lot of people 
aren't going to understand. We have challenges with identity stuff, with with all the things that we talk about. And I was like, I need to make this pretty catchy. So I was like, um, let's just do, the, let's just mess around with the MLB, uh, you know, acronym. So I was like, oh, this is perfect. So uh, I came up with MLB mindset because anybody could integrate this in their life. And and I have a program out there right now that's super inexpensive. It's less than a hundred dollars, and and you can pick that up, and and you can just jump onto that. It'll just it'll give you a, you'll be in the fast track and get you out of where you are right now from being stuck to, to to understanding and thinking that man there's more to life there's got to be more than life to what i'm going through right now see i was flying in a citation 10 private jet to the all-star game in 2005 going to my childhood dream and i'm looking out the window of this private jet and i'm like the question i asked myself was like there's got to be more to life than this because yeah. i was empty on the inside so many of us externally have success look like we're doing so good on the outside but yeah. the greatest battles we'll ever fight are on the inside not mm-hmm. between the lines on the field, playing field, but internally. So I came up with MLB mindset. It's very simple. Like we did, touched on it earlier, M stands for momentum. You have to get into momentum. If you don't have momentum in your life in any area, whether it's your personal life, your private life, which is your interpersonal relationships, or your business, you will die. A man without a vision will perish. Like progression is the key to happiness. It's out there. You have to get into momentum. It could be quick or it could be slow because you'll get rewarded. That's what the M stands for. And I teach people how to get in the momentum right away to rise above all that crummy stuff that they're feeling right now. The L stands for leveraging your language. The most important conversation is a conversation you have with yourself. you got to be able to stand guard on your mind because a negative thought is 30x more powerful than a positive thought. And if you say that audibly out loud, a negative thought, it's going to be 10x that. So if you say something out loud, I suck. I'm not going to do good. I can't do it. 70% chance it's going to happen. So I teach people to leverage that language, to be able to control that narrative. The idea of what we're trying to do is create agency in our life so we can control the narrative, the narrative that we have in our personal life and the narrative that we have in our professional life. We're so stuck and we're so limited and we have a glass ceiling on top of our head because that narrative of leveraging that language and the B stands for belief. The one thing that all Major League Baseball players is 750 at one time. Out of 7 billion, there's 750 Major League Baseball players that play at one time. We all believe that if given the opportunity, we will come through. Mm -hmm. What do you believe about yourself? Because the most powerful force in human nature is for you to stay congruent to what you believe about yourself. And so many of us don't even know what we believe about ourselves. And that puts Mm -hmm. a governor on our life. That puts a governor on our business. And that puts a governor on our relationships. So I teach people how to install an elevated belief system to bust through all that garbage, to open up a whole new world to create agency it comes back to connection and creating agency in your life when you create agency in your life you can start playing the game on your terms and start coming alive yeah you you have agency in your life right now brian and you're doing it i can see it we've been talking in your voice and everything and that's what we're trying to do is is create that agency that's absolutely fantastic you also have a foundation called the against all odds foundation tell us what that is I created that. I was driving down the street in my yellow Hummer one day. Uh, I thought I was big pimping and I was cool in my yellow Hummer H2 when I was playing Major League Baseball. And I was like, man, I want to create a foundation and I want to, I want to create call it against all odds. And so what I did is, uh, is, is at that point in time is that's where the zoo came from. That's where the animals came from. So I'd rescue and rehabilitate animals and I'd partner them with inner city disabled and child crisis children in our community. And we create an environment that was just magical. And 
through that, uh, I don't have the zoo anymore, so we kind of transitioned the mission statement for Against All Odds to use baseball as a platform. So we shifted from the animals to baseball as a platform and to children to teach them leadership skills, to be able to teach them the ability to create agency in their life at a very young age, to get control of that narrative so it doesn't steer them down the wrong path. So we're equipping the children, the youth, with the intangibles, with the inner stuff that they need to go out there to control that narrative, to keep building agency in their life, to go out there and be a productive asset to society and to be a member of our community, to be able to go out there and add value and not be uh, a liability. So we have a baseball academy in Canada. We have a baseball academy in Mexico and we do stuff here in Arizona. Uh, But most importantly, we're teaching kids how to create agency. That is absolutely fantastic. You've accomplished pretty much everything that you've set out to do, but that's not true for everybody. Why are people afraid to ask for what they want in life? It's their self-belief about themselves. It's the governor that they have in themselves. It's like a thermostat in the wall. If your thermostat and your governor and your life is set low, if you open up the door here in Arizona and the heat comes in, that thermostat kicks on the air conditioning and it cools you back down. Same thing happens in another part of the country. If it's 75 degrees in that thermostat, if it's set at 75 degrees, you open up the door and the, and the, and the cold air comes in, your thermostat will kick on the heater and it'll, it'll cool the temperature. So what you have to do is we have to raise the thermostat. We have to raise and lift that governor in our life uh, that that we have on ourselves because so many times our business will outgrow our 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 governor on our side our business will outgrow ourselves that's why i said entrepreneurship is self-development with the amazing upside and so many people get stuck because what they believe to be true about themselves and one tip to get yourself in a position to raise that governor to raise that eternal thermostat is to get in the proximity of somebody that's close we've been created guys for community you have to get in community with people to go out there and get connected to get connected you have to get connected with yourself the way you do that is through community you have to be around people and it's not virtually it's not social media you got to be able to be around people but if you can't be around people in a community physically you do it through podcasts you do it through radio shows like this you do it through sermons you do it through audio but you do it through reading you got to read you have to educate yourself because the words will come alive and they'll speak to your soul we have to get connected connected. If you're not connected with yourself, nothing's going to happen. And you'll have that governor set in your life, holding you where you are in the status quo, conform to the matrix. We've got to bust through the matrix and understand that we've been created for something greater than what we're living right now. We have to give that to the world. Speaking of reading, what is the most influential book you've ever read? Uh, there isn't one just influential book. There's one consistent book that I read all the time, and that's the Bible, uh, mm-hmm. and, and, and I like that. But but I've read a plethora of books. There's so many good things out of so many books. Uh, but uh, I'm, I'm 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 writing a book right now, so hopefully that'll be the best book that, that I ever read. But uh, other than, like it just you just gotta go out there and what do you like to do? Mm-hmm. Where are you at? What do you want to work on? Because this game of life, guys, it never ends. There's never a finish line. You've never arrived. You've never outgrown your purpose. You've never reached your purpose. You've never reached your your philanthropical work. You've never reached your ability. It's a never-ending story and you got to continue to continue to re- evolve you got to continue to keep rewriting that story you got to continue to keep going through what chapter you got to go through if mm-hmm. you're in a bad spot right now it doesn't matter this stuff is just temporary but so many of us think this is permanent and it's not and everybody thinks life's passed them by and it hasn't i'm a prime example of that i thought mm-hmm. life passed me by when i lost everything in my life and i was one breath away but i got up and stacked those little wins and created momentum in my life and i continued on you got to continue to continue to learn. you got to continue to grow. The person that's the best out there is the one that's a student of the game. 
great. What do very few people know about you that might surprise us? Um, I have a, an amazing heart. I have mm. an amazing fear. I am scared daily of people's approval of myself. I'm mm. scared daily that I'm not good enough, that, I, that people are going to think I'm a, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a has been, I'm an idiot, you're a failure, all those things. I deal with that every single day just like everybody else, but I have the tools and the tips and the, and the things to do on a daily basis to combat that, to rewrite that narrative, to rewrite that script every single day. Absolutely. If you could talk to the 18-year-old version of yourself, what would you tell them? Nothing, because I wouldn't listen. That's an honest answer. <laughs> I appreciate that for sure. So as we start to wind down, Shay, the question I ask everyone, who inspires and motivates you? That's an amazing question, and I know the answer 100%. And that's my wife. Mm. My wife is my greatest hero. She's my greatest aspiration. She was there for me when, when everybody gave up on me, when I gave up on myself. And I told her six weeks ago, I'm going to take you to the promised land, sweetheart. Mm -hmm. I'm going to take you to the spot that you've always desired. And I look up to her every single day because I see someone who's strong. I see someone who has it together. I see someone who has all the characteristics and the attributes that I've always desired to have. And I don't know how, but God gave her to me. So mm -hmm. I'm going to protect her. And I'm going to provide for her and I'm going to take care of her. But waking up every single day next to her has been the greatest gift that I've ever experienced in my whole life. And I've experienced a lot of stuff. That's fantastic. How do we find you? How do we vibe with you? How do we try with you? shayhillenbrand.co is my website and you can go there like i said co shayhillenbrand.com uh somebody took a boston red sox fan and expected me to pay for it i'm not going to do that at mm. this point in time in my career so shayhillenbrand.co is where you find my speaking you'll find my coaching and then on socials i i pretty much live on uh instagram facebook and linkedin as shay underscore hillenbrand or shay hillenbrand Fantastic. Shay, thank you so much for being here. This was an honor and our privilege, and I'm very hopeful that we can do this again someday. Thank you so much, buddy. I appreciate this space. All right. And thanks to all of you for listening. This has been Success Profiles Radio. Join us every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern, where I interview another world-class achiever, learn what they did, what they overcame, and the lessons we can learn along the way. Take care, everyone. Thanks for listening. Take care of yourselves. Have an amazing week. This has been Success Profiles Radio. Thank you for being a part of Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright. Each week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. We'll have guests that will come from many different backgrounds, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. For more on Brian and the show, check out his website, briankwright.com. If you've ever wondered if there's more to life than you're currently living, then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Join us again next week for more Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright. <laughs>